and was eventually carried off by two security people. They tried to calm him, but soon realized that it was hopeless, and called for an ambulance. That was five years ago. He's been in and out of work and in and out of hospitals ever since. I suppose there's no good explanation for why one mind suddenly goes off while another holds firm. Apparently, some minds are weaker than others, more sensitive and breakable. And I suppose it's best that they are in the minority, or else the streets would be filled with lunatics. Although I was concerned about going out, I wasn't as concerned as I might have been. After all, I'd been out a few times before on a group pass, where you join other patients and are led by nurses or aides and can walk only a few blocks from the hospital. No one on staff is in uniform, and no patient is in hospital dress. But people on the street usually realize that this group is pretty peculiar, particularly when some patients are heavily medicated and walk about fuzzy-brained and half-alive, or wear odd combinations of clothes, like Mrs. Clark, who went out one day with rainbow-colored stockings, a plaid skirt, a striped blouse, and a fur piece made from some diseased animal killed out of mercy. Or when a patient is too free and loud, like Big Wally Weston, who'd comment on wonders passing by. A puppy, he'd yell upon seeing any small dog, or... I'd like her to be the mother of my child, upon seeing any attractive woman. I sometimes talk with Wally in the day room, enjoy his childlike ways and silly stories, but I learn to keep away from him on group walks. In fact, I tried to keep my distance from the group in general, while still being a part of it. I walked alertly, commandingly as if I were an aide and responsible for this sorry collection of souls. I think I fooled a lot of people. Once, when we were waiting at the corner for the light to change, and I was standing at the rear of the group, a man on the street began talking to me. I don't envy you, he said, having a job like this. Must get to you every now and then. Oh, I'm used to it by now, I said. They retarded or what? Psych ward, I said. No kidding? What's that like? Crazy, I said. Any concern I now had about going out came from the new situation. There wouldn't be anyone with me this time. I'd be completely alone. Funny, when I was with the group, I wanted to stay away from it. The patients humiliated me by their presence, their obvious sickness. But now I wondered how I would do without them, particularly if I started to feel shaky, to sense all of the space and emptiness around me, with no one to cling to if I found myself growing weak, losing control. Dr. Peterson told me about the solo pass in the late morning called me into the office she usually uses for therapy sessions to report that they had all agreed to grant me a solo. By all, I mean the doctors on the ward, including Mortenberg, the head of the unit, 
and the nurses who were really around the patients most, like parents caring for infants. Odd when you think about it. All those eyes had been on me, looking for positive behavior, signs of adjustment. So how are you feeling about this? Dr. Peterson asked. Going out on your own tomorrow. I'm delighted, I said. Absolutely delighted. Dr. Peterson smiled widely as if I'd said something funny, or perhaps peculiar. I couldn't quite judge. But either way, her reaction disturbed me. Did I say something wrong? I asked, in a tone that was perhaps too harsh. So I then smiled to indicate that all was well and friendly. I've learned that they don't appreciate anger, particularly when you're in line for a solo pass.